wise and the foolish builders. And it's my aim tonight just to uh, identify a particular area of kingdom life, and that is with the word growth. So if you have a Bible, I'd love you to turn with me to Matthew in chapter 13. Matthew in chapter 13, I just want to read a very short parable that Jesus told. And um, this particular parable is found in the three of the four Gospels. It's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's a very short yet significantly insightful parable. And it speaks about the kingdom growing. So let's read it together. Matthew 13. He set another parable before them saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in, the, in his field, which indeed is smaller than all seeds. But when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in its branches. Jesus tells stories and told stories to relay a particular point. We can't build a theology on a parable. You must never ever build a theology upon a parable. If you do that, you'll be in trouble. But what Jesus was using was illustrations of the day to make a particular point. So my question needs to be asked around this story. Why did Jesus use the illustration of a mustard seed? Of course, he could have used other seeds. Jesus could have used other plants. But we see under closer examination why it was the mustard seed that Jesus used. And there's some particular points that I want to make from a commentator. And then I just want to bring three particular points to us tonight that I believe will help Arena Church to position ourselves for growth. You see, some have identified that the fast-growing nature of the mustard plant makes it, listen to this, a malignant weed with dangerous takeover properties. That is what one commentator, historian, identified. I'll read that again. It's a malignant weed with dangerous takeover properties. That sounds like the kingdom of God to me. It really does. I can see some of you haven't quite got it yet, but some of you will get it. There's a guy called Pliny the Elder, and he was around in AD 78, and he wrote in the natural history this, mustard is extremely beneficial for health. It grows entirely wild. It is improved by being transplanted. But on the other hand, when it has once been sown, it is scarcely possible to get the place free of it. The seed, as the seed, when it falls, germinates at once. Did you get that? He is basically saying in the natural, this mustard seed has incredible health properties. It grows entirely wild. It's improved by being transplanted. And yet, what happens is, as it grows... The seeds fall into the ground, and as soon as the seed falls, it germinates at once. Jesus could have chosen a genuine tree for the parable, but he chose the mustard plant to demonstrate that through the dominion appeared 
although it appeared small like a seed during Jesus' ministry, it would be an unyielding and relentless in growing into something large, firmly rooted, which some would shelter in and others would find obnoxious and try to root out. I hope that's washing over you tonight because what it's saying to me is Jesus used the illustration of the mustard seed on purpose because there are some things that we need to understand about the mustard seed. Everybody say number one. Not loud enough. Number one. The mustard seed, although it starts small, it grows fast, much like the kingdom of God. This seed was smaller than all the other seeds. It says that a mustard seed was around the size of one to two millimeters. That's all it would be. Such a very, very small seed. And yet we see from this small seed, Jesus was saying that from this small seed, something large is going to grow. From this small seed, something large is going to be influential in this world. From this small seed... God is going to do great things. And actually in the natural, Israel is a very small blip on this planet. And yet from that small place, God began to do incredible things. You see, some of us think if we had more resource, then we could do more. Some would say if we had more people, we could do more. Some would say if we had more creativity, we could do more. If only the Holy Spirit would come, then we could do more. I want to say we have everything we need to get this job done. Let me tell you, resource is here that we need. There's enough people to do what we need to do if everybody rose up. And the Holy Spirit has already come. He doesn't need to come again. He has already come. He's come 2,000 years ago. The Holy Spirit came and invaded the earth. No longer through one man, but now being resident in whose hearts were open. And we can do everything that we need to do to see this this, uh, kingdom established and this kingdom expanded. You see, from small beginnings, from something small, something fast, and something large can take place. From small beginnings, the Bible says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. Beginnings. Some would look on even around this room tonight and say, Christian, you keep talking about growing. You keep talking about influencing Mansfield. Christian, we look at Ilkeston. You keep talking about influencing Ilkeston and Mansfield in this M1 corridor. And yeah, there's only a few hundred people. How can so few influence so many? But I want to tell you, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. That what happens is, from small beginnings, God begins to do something incredible. What he's looking for is for us to believe it. He's looking for a group of people who says, you know what? It's not about how clever I am, or how bright I am, or how gifted I am. What the only thing is, is how available I am. And if we will be available, then God's kingdom will come in growth and expansion and influence. You see, it's interesting The mustard seed from small beginnings, a few millimeters, grows into a plant that's over nine, ten feet in height. My Bible tells me 
And what I read of, of this is actually God's kingdom doesn't just spread, but it becomes high and large. There's something about the kingdom of God that is highly visible when it's real and authentic. If I can say this, the problem around the United Kingdom and around the world is that when people have looked on the church, they haven't seen much of the kingdom of God. They've just seen the kingdom of man. I haven't seen the kingdom of God. They've just seen the kingdom of man. And I want to tell you, the kingdom of man isn't very exciting. The kingdom of man is short-lived. But the kingdom of God knows no end. The kingdom of God is exciting. The kingdom of God is advancing. The kingdom of God is dynamic and powerful. This is the kingdom that I belong to. And it grows from small beginnings into something large. Mark 4 verse 26 is quite insightful. You don't need to turn to it. It says this, Jesus said to them, The kingdom of God is like a man who scatters seed on the ground, night and day, whether he sleeps or get up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself. The soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come. You see, from small beginnings, something begins to grow. Of spread and height. But it's interesting that actually this kingdom, all by itself, begins to grow. You see, we think we need to give God a hand. We don't need to give God a hand. Like I've said, all we need to be is available. Too too often we're strategizing. I I have no problem with strategizing. I believe in strategy. I believe in setting goals. You've heard me talk about those things. But actually what we need to do is pay more attention to what the Spirit of God wants to do and what the Spirit of God is saying and just go with it. Because it speaks to me that the kingdom of God all by itself begins to grow. And I think if we're not too careful, we make the kingdom of God overcomplicated, too complicated, and it's not how Jesus wants it to be. He just wants you and me to be available. He just wants you and me to sign up to discipleship, which means that we will take up our cross daily and follow him. It means that we won't be living for ourselves, we'll be living for him. Instead of building for treasures here on earth, we'll be building for treasures treasures in heaven. And if we will sign up to that, then God says, I will do something with your life. If I can gather a group of people who sign into discipleship and believe this stuff, then all by itself, my kingdom will grow and expand. That is what he's looking for. That is what he's after. Availability from you and I. Say, God, I'm going to play my part in the kingdom advancement. God's kingdom is increasing and is expanding. God wants to increase and expand over this M1 corridor. Prodigals, addicts, business owners, publicans, financiers, young people, old people, whole families. I'm calling them now, prophetically. I'm calling them now for them all to come and receive the kingdom of God. You see, because I'm not preaching where we are. I'm preaching what I'm, where we're going. I'm not preaching what I'm seeing here now. The 70 people here, I'm not preaching what I'm seeing here now. I'm preaching where we're going. Because God's got publicans. This guy needs Jesus. He's got nightclubs owners that need Jesus. He's got drug dealers who run down Leeming Street on a Friday and Saturday night 
peddling their drugs who need Jesus. He's got people who go to the back of our building shooting up because they've got no hope. And we're calling them back in Jesus' name. There's people who once served God in this town who no longer serve God. And we're calling them back in Jesus' name. Young people, old people, whole families. We're calling them back in Jesus' name. And if we would begin to believe this, the kingdom of God all by itself, from small beginnings, from a mustard seed, God can begin to do something great. This is what Jesus was, it's a dead easy parable to understand. Jesus is saying from something small, something large will take place. That is what the kingdom is all about. I see it, friends. I see it so clearly. From Israel, it invaded the centuries. Kings and queens, presidents, universities, schools, businesses, education, environments. They've all been influenced from this little mustard seed called the kingdom of God. I actually believe that God is calling us to rise up at this time. We are here for such a time as this. For this field, for this field, because it said the, must, the guy planted the mustard seed in a field. I believe that as we plant by faith, from small beginnings, as we begin to plant in this building, from this building, something significant is going to take place. From this area where people have been horrified, why would you want to come here? I mean, everybody I've spoken to, journalists and whatever, they said, you do realize that this is right in the middle of where things happen. Yeah, that's why we wanted to be here. Yeah, we didn't want to be on a back street somewhere. We didn't want to be hidden away. We didn't want to have safe church and nice church. We wanted to reach out to those who are far away from God. That means it's going to be messy in here sometimes on Sunday nights. That means it's going to be a bit chaotic. That means sometimes we might have people coming and going. We might even have people shouting. We might even have people trying to square up to us. Keep you calm. You know, don't square back. We might have all that stuff. But what are we doing? We're taking the kingdom of God into the kingdom of darkness. This kingdom may start small, but it will become large and influential, and it will grow fast. Secondly, I really believe that the kingdom of God, this, this seed, brings health. Remember, the mustard seed has health properties in it. I didn't go into them too much, but it is fascinating if you do a Wikipedia on a mustard seed, you can see how sad I am, that how many properties there are, how many vitamins and nutrients and good things there are in a, in a, in a mustard seed. What he's basically saying is Jesus is using it on purpose. He's saying this mustard seed brings health. And they knew it at that time because they didn't have all the drugs that we had. They had to use natural properties. And so they used stuff that was going to help them in their bodies. So you understood the people of the day, understood what the mustard seed was all about. And I want to tell you tonight that this mustard seed, it brings health. If we want something to clean up the streets, and we have Paul who's 25 years in the police force and still work for them, they talk about cleaning up the streets. And we're all supportive of what happens in the police. We need to work with them. But it ain't the police who are going to clean up the streets. It ain't the council who's going to clean up the streets. I tell you what, it ain't the politicians. It ain't part Westminster who's going to clean up the streets. Shall I tell you what will clean up the streets? It's as simple as this. Jesus. Jesus cleans up the streets. Notice in the Gospels, wherever he went, he cleaned up the streets. 
Something began to happen. There were people who were living immorally and he spoke the, God's word and they stopped doing what they were doing. There were people who were lying and cheating. You remember Zacchaeus? He was stealing from everybody. Let's not flower him up. He was a thief. He was double charging. He was ripping people off. He was peddling his wares. What happened was, Jesus comes into town. What happens? Cleans his life up. Zacchaeus even said, if I've taken anybody, anything from anybody, well, he already knew he had, I'll doubly pay them back. He was cleaning up the streets. We need the kingdom of God because it will bring health to this community. It will clean up the streets. Thirdly, this kingdom, it may start small, but it will grow fast. It will bring health. And I love this thought. But it's an, and it, because it's an, insto- it's an unstoppable force. Remember what Pliny the elder said. He said that uh, it, 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 once it once it the seed falls, it germinates at once. Some people have said about the mustard seed is like to, like a malignant weed with dangerous takeover properties. I want to say this kingdom of God is an unstoppable force. I don't know if you've ever seen the film Jumunjai. Anybody ever seen it? It's an old film. I really like that film. I know it's a bit mystical at the thing, at the beginning and through it. I really like, there's one particular scene where there's a stampede of rhinoceroses and hippopotamuses. Have you seen that thing? Where they're just stampeding through. This is what the kingdom of God's like. Listen to me. Just picture in your mind now of the Wild West film where you've seen the cowboys are trying to cross and all of a sudden they hear this stampede of wild cattle, wild stallions that are going through. Or you've seen this jungle film where you see all these animals and there's a big stampede, there's a huge noise and you see all these animals begin to stampede and you just need to get out of the way. I want to tell you that is a picture of the kingdom of God. You see, the people of the day, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes and the the lawyers, they try to stamp it out. To try to stamp this influence out. Satan himself, the architect of darkness and the sinfulness, he thought that he could sort it as well by nailing Jesus, the Son of God, fully God, Paul, but fully human, upon a cross. And all hell rejoiced when Jesus shouted those words, it is finished, because hell knew that he was dead. But what they didn't know was three days later, he would rise from the grave. You see, the Bible says that nobody could keep this man down. It's interesting that it also says the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you and me. Lives in you and me. That same power. You see, people have tried to stamp out They've tried to stop. They've tried to prevent. It rolled on then when we had something called the dark ages, where there wasn't much of a light, where they tried to get rid of the Bible. They tried to get rid of the Christian church. I was reading recently of a number of revivals. We've got a guy by the name of Pastor Colin Whitaker in our church. Pastor Colin has seen some significant revivals. He's 86 now. He's written a number of books. One of them is the, you know, the, uh, the... I think it's called the Seven Revivals, where he's had the opportunity to go and see Soul Career and his 
been into Africa and just seen a lot of these revivals take place. But prior to that, he began to highlight how Wesley and Whitfield, how they went about the business. The Welsh Revival, just a fantastic book. If you just want something to really inspire you, you'll read it in one sitting, although it's quite substantial. I was at the convent recently and just read it in the whole sitting when I was there. Just incredibly inspired. Because the reality is there's always been, even though it seems so dark, there's always been a remnant. Because the enemy to try to stamp out, try to stamp out this kingdom. Try to silence this kingdom. Try to stop people from standing out and being a light that shines in the darkness. And we even have it today. Even in this world where there's people who are telling Christians to close their mouths, not say anything about the faith, keep the mouths shut, and there's a stamping out. But I want to tell you that although they may try and stamp it out, this kingdom is an unstoppable force. It's an unstoppable force. This kingdom knows no end. This kingdom will keep advancing. This kingdom will keep growing. Paul writes to the Colossians church, all over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and growing. It continues to grow. It continues to increase. As I close, and these are just meant to inspire. I don't know whether you, whether you feel inspired by this kingdom of God growing, but I do. It's what I get out of bed for. It's what, what I do when, I, when everything seems like it's against me. When things are whirling around in my head and my heart. I just remind myself of why I do what I do. Why I do what I do. Because I'm committed to seeing darkness invaded by light. I'm committed to seeing more people in the kingdom once I die than when I arrived here. I'm believing for the church of Jesus Christ to not be pitiful, excuse me, with just tens, twenties, thirties, forty people. But literally thousands upon thousands in local churches being influential in every strata of society. That's why I get out of bed. So I'm pretty pumped up about this thing. I hope it shows. But as I was just finishing, I thought, I must do this because it's sobering. All this has an opponent. Because if you think we're just going to waltz into growth and it for it to be dead easy, well, it would have happened way before now. And that's been the problem. That has been the problem. We've gone so far and then we've pulled back. Can I ask us, you might think we've already come into our promised land. We're on the edge of what God wants to do. This is not the promised land. This is not the promised We've been given a building. This is not the promised land. We need to go and possess the land that God has promised to us. But in the same way that we have to contend for it, the enemy will contend for it too. And he will do all he can to prevent you from carrying through your God-given purpose. Some of you are new Christians. And there's everything in you that says, I'm going to quit. I'm going to finish. I doubt. I don't know whether I've made the right decision. These are all enemy tactics to stop you from fulfilling all that God has for you. Some of you have been Christians for years. And you feel so down because things haven't worked out how you want them to be. Things haven't quite panned out how you planned them to be. But I want to tell you, keep going. Because we need to contend for these things. And I believe, prophetically, over the years, there have been churches in Mansfield and around this area that have come to this kind of point. But because there has been a contending, they've retreated. And I want to tell you now that this is not a day, this is not an hour to retreat. This is not a day to shrink back. 
Those who shrink back, Hebrews tells us, if you shrink back, you'll be destroyed. But we are not of those who shrink back. We are those who are going to press forward and possess in Jesus' name. But there's a contending. Let me get to it. There's a contending. And this is the contending because it's from an opponent. You see, Jesus spoke of forgiveness, of surrender, of cross-carrying, living living eternally minded. But what will stop us entering into kingdom of God and growth and positioning ourselves for all that God has for us? I've used this before many, many times. I used to call it the I. A-A-M, but actually I thought, no, I need to be cooler than that, because there's a man now, he's in the pop charts, he's called Will I Am, so I thought I can do an I Am here. The issue is the I Am, and the I Am is this, it's about me. If the enemy can get you thinking about you, then that will stop you thinking about him. Too many people are concentrating and thinking about me. And while we're thinking about me, we're not thinking about him. You see, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him. It's about him. And that is the very thing that the enemy will contend for. And then what he will begin to do, so if he can get your eyes off forgiving, surrendering, and get it onto you, then it'll be, what he'll begin to do is then wheedle in, weed in into Arena Church. The first thing he'll do, I'll tell you now, he'll try and disunite us. He'll try and disunite us. It's the classic, classic thing that he does. He will try and disunite you from me. So I'll say something, and you'll misunderstand me. And he works in your heart. And then there's a disuniting that comes. Paul will say something. Very innocently. I didn't, like, I didn't like how that Paul Stokes spoke to me tonight. Did you hear what I said? I didn't like that John T. How he took his trousers down. Fancy doing that in church. That's a bit out of, out of order. For the podcast, he didn't take his trousers off without lycra shorts. And it was for another <laughs> illustration. Okay, if anybody's listening on podcasts, Arena Church, we're not that kind of church. Okay. Yeah, Phil's not here, so the mice will play. Things, we're laughing about them, but things that just weird in. Are you hearing me? I just feel I need to say this because we're all just, oh yeah, we're going to advance and we've got a building and God's with us and he's all those things. But the enemy will do everything he can to, for you, Holly, to have a problem with me and me, Holly, to have a problem with you. We haven't got a problem. But that's what he'll try and do. That's what he'll try and do. Well, that pastor, he hasn't called me and he, you know, and I'm not, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure that that was right. And Why couldn't we have had the, the building, the stage turn that right, Ray? And why did we have to keep having these crackling leads? And why did Josh have to do that this, this evening? And oh, I'm not sure about how they were dressed. And why do the young people have to make so much noise? And We're laughing, but that's how it works. How does it work in your home? You get irritated. Will you please put the top on that toothpaste? Yes, dear. Next day, tops off. He just tries to dish it. I'm, we, uh, this daft, it's illustration. That's what happens. 
So this can stop it disuniting. I just need to, and then I'll be through. And oh, Helen said I'll be quick, and I haven't been. Living complacent, me focused. I've already commented on that. What can stop this happening? Living comfortably rather than sacrificially. Oh, haven't we got this nice building? It's all done now, and it's, oh, it's wonderful, and isn't it great? And haven't we done great? Look, everybody, it's all about us, arena. Are we brilliant? As soon as we start bragging off, Jesus says, you know what? I won't share my glory with anybody. I'm not going to share my glory with you. I'll go somewhere else. People who start, you know, just becoming comfortable. There's a few quid in the bank. There's youth work. There's children's work. We're doing a great community program. I'm mindful of this in Ilkeston. That's why I keep, keep raising the bar higher. Jesus has got more for us. As soon as we start living comfortably, rather than sacrificially, we start to take our dependency off him. We think it's all about us. Where we focus on the trivial and not on the eternal. How many churches have been split for that? We've been focused on the trivial. And lastly, where we forget the reason why we are here. Listen to me. I come and gather on a Sunday night or on a Sunday morning, or whenever it may be, because my Bible tells me it's a good thing to gather. Don't forsake meeting together. If anybody tells you that you can be a Christian and not go to church, I understand on one side what they're saying, but they're completely misguided. Because actually I need to be in church. Even if I wasn't the pastor, if I would miss him for four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, only God knows where my life would be. Honestly. Because I'll be here, there, and everywhere. I need to be here. I need to receive fellowship and friendship and warmth and companionship one with another. I need to be feel, feel refueled by the ministry and by the worship. I need to do all those things. So that's one thing. But the other thing why we are here, if we was open to, able to open the doors and it was a sunny day, we'd hear the music of the pub next door with people gathering with a pint of Guinness. That is why we are here. For lost people. Can I ask you please. Never to get, forget why we come to church. It's not about you. It's not about me. We want to don't misunderstand that. And we want to take care of you. But it's never about us. It's about this world. That needs Jesus. And if we would just keep hold of those things. And contend. Even now as a speaker. The enemy hates what I'm saying. Just hates it. But if we would just. Keep pressing in. Keep saying, God, from these small beginnings, from these 70 people, we're believing that there'll be 700 people. And from these 700 people, we're believing there's going to be 7,000 people. (laughs) Why not? It's the kingdom of God. It's just wild. It's a wild thing. You can't stop it. Once it starts, you can't stop it. You can't stop it. I'm telling you, I'll say it again. Once you start it, you can't stop it. And that's why I know we're not in it. Because at the moment, we haven't even got going. But once it starts, you can't stop it. And I'm believing in Jesus' name that the kingdom of God is advancing and is growing. Anybody with me tonight? If you're with me tonight, why don't you stand to your feet with me? Yeah. Oh, Jesus.